star seeds were on a, essentially a study abroad where we grew up in another part of the galaxy or in a different galaxy we reached the level of evolution six density or higher if we were going to categorize it where we are a collective at this point you're going to be a part of a collective that is harmonious the lower frequencies of fear uh, aren't really very easily accessible because the the frequency is too high so we're coming from places that are naturally at a very high vibration and as such and you might say okay wouldn't it be interesting wouldn't it be an interesting experience maybe it would actually add to my light add to my evolutionary experience as a soul at this level add to the experience of my collective if i were to go back into a lower dimension or density and play those games welcome to your awakening journey today's destinations include higher consciousness and actualized potential if all ascenders could now please be seated in a comfortable meditative posture we're about to ascend You are now arriving at your host, Brian Henry. What is up, Ascenders? You're now listening to Awaken, a show in which we dive into some conscious conversations to assist you in your ascension process. My name is Brian Henry. I'm the founder of Together We Ascend and the Ascend Academy, a community of awakened leaders who have come together to ascend together. On Awaken, I invite on some insightful teachers in the space of spiritual growth and personal transformation who join us to share with you their wisdom to help you ascend your consciousness and actualize your highest purpose and potential. In this episode, I am joined by spiritual teacher and starseed guide, Matthew John. As someone who is intimately familiar with who we are before coming into these lifetimes. Matthew guides others in remembering the mission that they are here on. In this episode, Matthew and I go on a journey of exploring the soul's path of evolution across many lifetimes and how by understanding this, expanding your awareness of this can greatly accelerate your process in this one. You'll hear an explanation of karma that will likely be for you a new way of understanding it and how our souls go about alchemizing and learning from it. And lastly, if you've ever heard this word starseed and have wondered if you are one, or perhaps you've felt this deep sense of inner knowing or have some other reason to believe that you are and are simply wondering this really means. Well, in this episode, you'll find out what it means to be both a starseed and an earthseed, and why it is our souls chose to come here and be on earth. If you're like most and have at all been asking the question, who am I really and why am I here? Well, it's likely that this episode 
it's going to have some answers for you. But just before we jump in, if you're new here and you're interested in joining our community of ascenders who are raising the frequency and ascending together, I invite you to join us on our free community platform, which you can find at academy.togetherweascend.com. And I also invite you to subscribe to this podcast or on YouTube, wherever you're listening to this from. If you'd like more content like this, that's being created to assist you in your ascension process. And with that being said, what do you say we jump into another conversation on Awaken? This is Awaken with Matthew John. Our guest today is intimately familiar with who we are before coming to earth and guides others in remembering the mission that they came here on. He's an internationally recognized spiritual teacher and mentor, intuitive, psychic, medium, intuitive astrologer, starseed guide, energy healer, medical intuitive, and life coach, so evidently a being who is serving in a multitude of ways. As a gifted intuitive wisdom channel, channeler, and transmitter of healing frequencies, Matthew John specializes in helping others to heal their childhood and past life traumas, reading people's life plans from a soul perspective, and in serving as a mentor for star seeds and those looking to accelerate their spiritual development. He's a spiritual leader of the golden age, and his innate ability to see the big picture allows him to effectively assist those he works with in healing, transforming, and accelerating their awakening. And today, I'm fortunate enough to be joined by him, where we'll, get, where we'll get the chance to get to know him better and have him help us deepen in our understanding of who we really are and why we are here. Matthew, firstly, I just want to say... Um, when I when I take a look at the, the work that you're doing, it's quite evident that you are um, embodied and committed to to your mission here. Uh, so first, I want to thank you for being a leader by example and supporting others in aligning with theirs. Thank you for joining me on Awaken to have this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really appreciate hearing that, and and I'm really excited to be here. This is uh, this is exciting. Thank you. Awesome. So there's a uh, there's a question that I've begun to open all the conversations up on the show um, before hearing about the the wisdom, the knowledge I know that you're here to share. Uh, I'd like to ask you this. And as I tell all my guests, interpret this however you wish. Who are you and why are you here? I am a soul from the stars, I suppose. I'm here to experience this whole thing and to play in this lifetime as Matthew and uh, trying to do the best I can to evolve even, you know, with the restrictions of being human. And trying to do so as quickly as I can so that I can make as big of a positive energetic impact as I can on the planet while I'm here. Why do you wish to have a positive impact? Well, because this planet's got some problems <laughs> and we need a little cleanup crew energetically to help. <laughs> So just trying to do my part. So you already made mention of 
being a, a soul from a st- from the stars, um, having chosen to to come here. Um, and I know that this is a in large part what you you support others in in remembering. Now, before we get into again the the knowledge and the wisdom that you are you're bringing through, um, I'd like to hear a little bit about the the story, the the journey that brought you to this awareness that this is this is what you are. Yeah. Um, well, I I guess I grew up pretty normal whatever normal is, although I never felt normal, I never really fit in. But I wasn't really interested in, you know, anything spiritual, at least when I was young. But I wasn't religious either. And and I, I suppose I could say I was an atheist for most of my like, young, younger years, my dad was an atheist. My mom was more into the new age stuff, but I kind of thought it was all BS at the time. So I would say, you know, other than really not embracing anything religious, I was a pretty normal kid. In my 20s, um, I started having different, like, spontaneous spiritual experiences. So there was one that uh, really was, like, this huge event in my life that after it happened, I, I couldn't turn back. And it was actually... It was uh, it was as a result of, of plant medicine, which I'm I'm proud that it was because I, I really have embraced plant medicine as a huge part of my journey. But it wasn't anything I was intending to experience. I wasn't intending to open up into any sort of spiritual realm at the time. To me, mushrooms was a fun thing you did on a on a Friday night, but it wasn't anything spiritual at all. But it was a Friday night. I was going from bar to bar in Buffalo, New York. And I had happened to, you know, had ingested some, some mushrooms before I went out. And, uh, I, it was like, it was just after 10 PM and I was in in some bar and I was just like, it was starting to hit me. And I was like, this isn't the right place. I'm not feeling this tonight. And I just started walking and just started kind of wandering the streets and I started to feel like I was being led. And it was this very strange feeling that I'd never had before. And I just kind of let it happen. And I found myself being led to this very strange kind of just area of, of, of some woods that was like right behind a, a street of bars in downtown Buffalo. And I found myself led to this this little clearing, this little area where there were some tarps on the grass, there were some clothes, there were some beer cans. There were it looked like it was a place where teenagers went to party, where homeless people slept. And I found myself being pushed to the ground. And I was all of a sudden laying there on the ground like this. And as I looked up at the trees around me, because it was like a circle, I saw that every corner of every leaf on every tree had turned into this like golden ornament. And in every one of these ornaments, I saw like a reflection of me, but it wasn't like me as I looked. It was a little different. 
and they were all waving at me and I started feeling overcome with this feeling of bliss I called it afterwards when I explained it to my my mother like a cosmic orgasm and it was 10,000 times more powerful than any you know like sexual orgasm I'd ever had and as I was laying there just being overcome with these waves of bliss and looking at these all these ornaments around me it was my first true experience of multidimensionality and from that moment forward I was never the same in a good way I from that moment forward like my atheism in that moment dissolved I, I knew in that moment that wow like there's so much more to this life than just you know what I thought and I also knew that I was from places other than here too because I just had this perception in that experience that some of these like parts of me that were waving at me from the the corners of all the leaves were not of earth and from that moment forward I even though a part of me was still trying to make it in certain aspects of like we might call it the 3d world or the matrix or whatever and there those terms can come with like I think unnecessarily negative connotation sometimes, but I was still trying to make it kind of in the world. But there was this other part of me throughout my 20s that was emerging. And it I just became obsessive about seeking knowledge and seeking to figure this whole game out of life and earth and why I'm here to try to figure out exactly the question you asked me, essentially. And you know it whether I had intended for it to or not and I definitely didn't intend it it led me to a place of where I am now which is in the position of being a, a teacher a spiritual teacher and this is my whole life it's not just my career it's my my life um so it was never anything I intended but uh here I am <laughs> What a beautiful story and catalyst for beginning to to seek deeper answers to to deeper questions. Um, and I guess this is where I ask now, what did you find? Well, how how many hours you got? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is why I'm, I suppose uh, uh, when I have the time to dig into it, I'll have to write some books, but um you know i i guess one of the most important things i found is that past lives are so crucial to understand they're the explanation for almost all of our problems obstacles uh issues tendencies that are you know especially the ones that we want to really understand that that frustrate us like why do I keep coming up against this problem or this theme in my life? Why can't I seem to move through this? Why does this always seem to get me? Uh, past lives are the answer. Because we're, although it, it seems like when we come into this body in this life, it seems like we're just like, it's a fresh slate and we're, you know, I'm Matthew and you're Brian. And, but it's not that simple because 
we have lived hundreds or, or thousands of lives just on earth. And then we can extrapolate and talk about who knows, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, millions. It's hard to enumerate of lives outside of earth. And it all in one way or another plays into who we are here. So that's, I'd say one of the more, that's, that's where a lot of my time, a lot of my research goes into. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I don't want to, then I want to ask, is it always in past lives that we can, we can trace the roots of the, the challenges that we're facing? And do we, do we need to be conscious of this conscious that it's, it's past life? Um, I know you haven't used the word yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw it in and see if it uh, it's fitting karma. Um, is it always, is it necessary for us to be aware that that's what we're working through? Great questions. Uh, the first part of the question, you know, is it always, um, I think so. I, I, I do. Um, you know, we could get technical and say that, sure, you know, this is a free will planet. And do we have the free will to go off track and let's say create even more negative karma for ourselves than our soul had hoped for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, do we have this like range with our free will where we can either end up on higher timelines or lower timelines? Absolutely. So there is that free will factor. But in general, yes. In general, every all of our challenges, obstacles are somehow rooted in past lives. Is it important to understand? Yeah. If you want to really um, accelerate your spiritual journey, the more you understand about, at least what I found is the more that you understand about yourself and, and I, I, not just myself, you know, through the context of working with thousands of people over the years, um, the more that they're able to understand themselves in, in a multidimensional sense. Yeah. It, it helps you to move through things potentially a lot faster because you realize that it, it's, you're not a victim of circumstance. You're not a victim of some punishing God. It's simply a matter of your soul had chosen this for purpose and that relates in some way to experiences from other lifetimes. Mm -hmm. So you already used the word purpose there, which I, I knew from the very get-go that this is something we were going to, to dive into. Um, do you mind drawing this, this connection for us between purpose and this, this notion of past lives? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... Um, uh, let me simplify it. W whatever you feel on some level, a deep call to try to fix or try to help out in this world or try to contribute to ameliorating, to bettering, there's going to be some relationship between that and like who you were in other lifetimes. Mm -hmm. So if you are in this life, you know, you end up going down some road of addiction. And through that road, you experience all sorts of stories of, of, you know, difficult stories of the people around you and yourself. You recover from that addiction and you become someone, you just feel this intense desire to be of service to people 
with addiction to try to help, you know, be that reaching hand out to try to pull them out of the muck. You know, there's a couple threads there. One thread would be, okay, in this life, you were, you were that, and you're trying to help yourself, essentially, you're helping that version of yourself. Another thread we could take to other lifetimes and say, well, in other lifetimes, you've been that as well. And in this life, you wanted to make sure you stop that, that cycle and you wanted to move into the alchemy of that, right? And that's just one example. But what you feel most called to help or to, to fix, there's threads generally in your current life, in your ancestral lineage, and in your past lives. And, and what's interesting is that if you look back through your ancestral lineage, like your genetics, and we don't always know because the stories get lost through time, you know, what were our great-grandparents like? What were our great-great-grandparents like, right? But fascinatingly enough, your soul will end up choosing an ancestral lineage where similar themes, like your, your ancestors went through similar stuff, worked through similar themes as you did as a soul in other bodies, in other lifetimes on earth. So it all ties together and it's all leading you somewhere it's all leading you in a direction of your energetic contribution to the ascension your energetic contribution to the healing and the growth of the collective because as we ascend we're collectivizing as we ascend we're coming together and we're we're bringing our our, our contributions of our personal experiences as souls here and we're conglomerating all of it into what becomes the new earth. And this is as starseeds, something that on other planets we've done already. We've already been through that process of being individual souls going through karmic journeys, but then reaching a point of, uh, of energetic, uh, on the density scale, we could say, or, or the dimensional scale, whatever you want to call it, where we're no longer just creating karma for the sake of having to heal it later. We're then just merging merging with other souls and merging as a collective and then just building enlightened collectives we haven't gotten anywhere close to that on this earth yet but we're at the very 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 early stages of it which is why there's people like you people like myself and people like the people watching this that are interested in doing this and are actively doing it so just to, to clarify here, we're still in the stages of, of working through karma, but there will absolutely. come a time. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Look, look, look at what's going on around us, right? And, and that is one uh, criticism I've had of the new age community, field, industry, et cetera, whatever you want to call it, over the years. I, even like I, I have a whole, you know, I love you have a bookshelf behind you. I have bookshelves all around me, too. And I have a lot of spiritual new age books from the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. And a lot, it's a lot of the same traps even from then. And, and some people, some uh, sources in the new age community now have, which is just thinking things are happening too quickly, thinking things that, you know, it like it's all going to happen in one big flash. People call it the event. Uh, maybe, I don't know. But if it's going to happen it's not now uh, and at least i don't believe and it, it's just a lot of rushing this this rushing to the finish line and i think it it comes out of um 
it, it comes from a good place. It comes out of a place of, of feeling so uh, hurt, uh, injured by the pain of being in a place like this and a planet like this, where there's so much suffering and pain around us all the time and wanting deeply for that to, to change. But we're just at the very beginning stages of that. And, and you know, if it's if if it takes another couple decades or if it takes a couple, another couple centuries regardless it's still a just a tiny tiny inkling of time in the whole context of the earth's history it, it's a very very regardless it's going to end up being a very short quick transition but a quick transition doesn't mean a month or a year it, it could be centuries mm -hmm. I think it just brings us back to the understanding that we've been evolving this this whole time. Uh, the that too, yeah, is not something that just started to happen, and we we've been ascending. Um, yes, I I would add though, just from from my my point of view, uh, I would add to that that we're always attempting to evolve as souls, but the difference being is we've entered into an epic where the collective unconscious so if if we think of like the unconscious mind of all eight billion souls and we have to include the animal souls as well in the plant everyone right on the planet uh we have decided collectively to enter into a collective ascension process so yes there have been for example um you know looking back over the past couple centuries there have always been, for example, Indian Babas that have reached levels of enlightenment, ascension, and been able to teach that to their followers. Some of their followers have absolutely, going way back, we can go back to ancient Lemuria, ancient Egypt, and see that many of them had reached very high levels of enlightenment. But the difference was there wasn't a, a collective ascension that was completed thoroughly you know enough for the planet to be able to stay there but mm -hmm. the, the difference is that's where we're at now in in our point in the timeline yeah so i'm definitely going to want to hear more from you about the the process that we are in the midst of as a, a collective um, before that though i think taking it a, a few steps back to the the evolution of the soul and the process that that the soul is evolving through um yeah, I think I'd love to just hear you speak to to that, and then maybe we can start to to tie in this this concept of what it means to be a star seed. Sure. Okay. So as a soul, well, let's see. Uh, I guess to start like at the very basics of the way I would teach it, as a soul, you are light. To be a soul means to be light, and we could say that potentially as a soul. What if you started as a single photon of light and as you were able to gain more experience, you were able to build more and more photons around you until you became a field of light. There's models out there. You can see that it's the toroidal field. And as you build more and more of um, more, more and more of a powerful field of light, you're able to take on more and more complex incarnations in the physical. So think of in the animal kingdom, for example, you know, 
the uh, a gorilla or or a giraffe or a a rhino or a um a dog a, a you know a, a family dog like versus an ant versus no 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 offense to the ant but you know versus an ant versus a mosquito etc there is a whole range of complexity of the types of themes you can experience in the life of an animal right so we could say as as you build more light as a soul you're able to take on more and more complex uh, uh lifetimes we could say there's a more complex brain structure more complex uh thinking right you know a, a dog obviously can think of, of a lot of about a lot of things they can think about their history you know they they sit and they think about you you know as they're as they're human they think about the the male lady they think about the amazon guy you know they, they they're very complex thinking right but that's a lot more complex than you know as we said some insects probably right but anyways as you build more light as a soul you can take on more and more complex incarnations we could say the third density or the third dimension which is the human kingdom we there's also a whole range of complexities of incarnations you know they, there was a time perhaps and probably on our life on our planet where uh life as a human was more simplistic we could say uh it was you know more nomadic right it was uh more focused on simply survival root chakra stuff hunter gathering etc right before the growth of basic technologies well that would be a more simplistic incarnation there's less themes to explore right but then the whole range and especially now for those uh souls in 20 that are you know coming in now into the west especially with the technology that is available now it creates for very complex themes of what we can explore and and for the openness of of uh, exploring spirituality as well which is the crown chakra stuff so essentially as a soul you're just you're more and more complex incarnations more and more complex themes At, on earth you want to end up most souls they want to experience hundreds or thousands of lifetimes because the way I look at it, it's like it, it's like a Shakespearean play. You want to experience every actor, every every possible um, perception, uh, point of view, emotion. Uh, you want to be in all sorts of different bodies. One of I had another experience in my twenties, which was really profound. Again, it was it was thanks to um, a psychedelic medicine and i won't go into the whole experience but just one at one point i had looked into a mirror and i had witnessed again i never would have expected or even imagined this in a million years but seen my form change into all these other different bodies you know a, a, a indigenous woman uh an asian man a black man um you know other other white females uh, and i even non um human forms and i just saw all these forms in front of me and that was like a confirmation i already suspected it but it was a confirmation of oh yeah you've been all these different other people right it's not just you so generally the soul we want to experience just a whole range of experiences on earth and i'm an astrologer and I love to look at astrology and say that the soul wants to experience 
all sides of all 12 signs. Every sign carries a different theme to it. The sign of Leo is about expression. The sign of, uh, you know, Scorpio is about sexuality. You know, the sign of, of cancer is about motherhood, right? And, and those are just simplistic explanations, but every sign has all these different themes to it. And the soul wants to dive and, and move throughout the Zodiac wheel as well. Mm-hmm. So we want to get the whole experience of earth. And once we do, that's when we really set our sights as a soul on a conscious ascension process where we're then, we have to move through all the leftover karma from the other lifetimes that we've yet unsettled. And then we're moving into whatever it is we want to leave here, whatever legacy we want to leave here. I like to say, it's like, uh, what is your uh, energetic dissertation? You know, if, if this were, if earth were a school and you were going to be graduating, like, what would you leave as your dissertation here? Is that um, that stage of coming to even consider what your your legacy is, your energetic dissertation? Is that only a stage that happens after all this work is done, or is that something that's going to happen in that's each a, lifetime? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, no, it happens in in the in the process of it. So it, it happens while you're moving through it because what you're moving through is the basis for it what you're moving through is uh you know it's it's the the energetic impetus but it's also the it's also the environment you find yourself in to leave that contribution think of just geographically i mean you you and i are here you know in the northeast and the west i mean versus someone that is going through their ascension in india or, or in Sudan, or, or in France, like your environment is going to be huge, the language is going, to, is going to be different, right? The cultural themes you're going to be working with are different. So it's, um, and that's all set up by design, you know, that uh, I, you and I wanted to be up here, and and others wanted to be in India, right, for, for their, I would call it the ascension lifetime. So it's, yeah, it's through that karmic resolution, through that, um, settling all your stuff that you brought in that you end up creating your legacy Mm -hmm. i think putting a definition to the word karma here would be very helpful okay yeah great um yeah there's a lot of misconception about karma so karma is not a punishment karma is uh, a desire as from a soul level from the soul's perspective to balance out experiences. So if in one lifetime you had done something that ended up hurting someone, for example, in another lifetime, you're going to want to balance that out usually by experiencing the other side of that. Often that'll occur through a specific soul contract where it'll actually be with the same soul where you in one lifetime we're the one causing the harm to that soul. And then another lifetime you say, okay, let's, let's now balance this out. And you do this to me. And now mm-hmm. uh, you're still though, these are the, this is the stages of karma as I have come to know it. That's still at the stage of kind of throwing karma back and forth. Right. And at any time you're creating um, a negative events, it's creating an imbalance in your field, which has to further be, uh, later on be um 
resolve somehow. It's it's creating um, blockages that end up in the backs of your chakras as well. We could say, and after you've you and whatever souls that are involved in these soul contracts say, okay, that's enough. We've we've all played every side of this. Now it comes time for resolution. When it comes time for resolution, oftentimes what you'll plan as a soul, you'll say, I want to experience this theme again in this lifetime, but in a way that is not going to totally break me, in a way that I'll be able to move through and be able to learn from and then move to the stage of alchemy, where mm -hmm. then I'm able to not only resolve this energetically within my field, but I'm also able to somehow accumulate wisdom that i can then utilize mm -hmm. to assist others utilize to to help bring others out of whatever that theme is and thus i'm contributing energetically and thus i'm starting to move into the upper levels of the third density towards the fourth where in the fourth again it, it's a unified experience so we're we're in that bridge right now we're in that transition period between the individual experience and a unified or a group experience of the earth is the way that you're using the word third and fourth density uh, synonymous to what is often referred to as the third and fourth dimension, 340? That's a great question. Uh, so I actually um, have adapted my model of the densities off of a good friend of mine named Todd R. Devine. His book, Expansion for Ascending Consciousness, and then there's a second one, he's writing a third, was such a huge piece of my journey and actually on my YouTube channel. I did these amazing long form uh, collaborations with him a couple of years ago where we just went, you know, a deep dive into his books and all the questions that people have. And so people can check that out on my channel. But uh, uh, so his model I, I kind of use, but the fit, I would say the fourth density is the next major level up from the third. It's still a human experience, but now as I'm, as I said, it's a unified, it's a group experience. We're no longer just thinking as the individual, we're actually thinking and acting as the group, although still being individuals, right? And then the fifth density above that, we could say, okay, now it's no longer a physical, the, the necessity of having a, a flesh and bones incarnation is no longer there. And it's more of a holographic body. And again, we're, we're thinking and acting as a group, but we are still, uh, we're still having the experience of being individuals, but it's a holographic. And then the sixth density, the sixth density is now the level where it's completely holographic. And although again, we can still have individual experiences, much more of the, uh, the, the idea of being in a sixth density collective is just being the collective. From that level, we have so much energy available to us. We can, what is called fractalize, where we can actually create a, and this is how uh, star seeds work. You can create a new soul, so to speak. It's like, instead of giving birth, you know, women uh, here, God bless them, bring a, a, a human through it. It's an amazing thing. It's like a spiritual birth where you have so much energy avail available to you because you're a collective that as an individual soul, you can say, I'm going to create this new piece of self, this soul child, whatever you want to call it. And then you can direct that somewhere else. So that then you can exist, is, exist simultaneously in multiple 
as multiple souls, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, just to clarify, the fourth density would be colloquially the fifth dimension. So, and, and in my work, I, I will use both. Okay. I just, I'm loving how I'm already seeing um, the trajectory that, that we're on and how we're just building each of the, the stages of this, this process, if you will. Uh, but before we move on, I, I just want to kind of bring this chapter to, to completion. Um, would you say then that the, the purpose of creating and resolving karma is to, to extract lessons and learnings from that process? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it can, we can sometimes, uh, at least when we're in the physical though, get lost in that, where when we're in the physical, we can get lost in the, the negative uh, experiences, you know, and some of them can feel good uh, at some points, you know, things like greed, right? Things like, like power, right? Um, but ultimately, yes, from a soul's perspective, we say, okay, you know, when we're creating a lifetime that's going to have negative karma, that, that where we're going to accumulate negative karma, it, it's, it's for a purpose. It's because it's something that as a soul, we want to experience. Sometimes we're basically volunteering because sometimes a, a soul that's close to us, maybe in our soul group is saying, Hey, I want to experience being a victim of this. Can you play that role for me? Can you be that person when we go in there that victimizes me in this way? Almost always you're going to say, of course, of course, absolutely. I would love to do that. I would love to be of service to you. Isn't it? It's, it's, it's weird to think about. It seems fantastical, but from my decade plus researching this, I, I know it's true this is what it is, is it's when we have chosen difficult soul contracts where we've been hurt, it's a contract. And and on some level as a soul, you, you wanted that experience because blank, because it moves you in the direction of something, which is the, you know, how you pose the question. Yes. It's always moving us ultimately the direction of some sort of alchemy and ultimately some sort of wisdom and ultimately some sort of energetic contribution the way i see karma is the beginning stages of karma is basically throwing it back and forth where okay sometimes i'm the victim sometimes you and this is through the context of soul contracts right sometimes i'm the victim sometimes you're the victim etc etc we throw this karma back and forth okay we've done that enough then it's moving into the stages of alchemy it's like, okay, how do I learn through this? How do I heal and evolve through this? And then the next stage is, is wisdom. What wisdom do I accumulate through this? And the final stage of alchemy is how do I teach this in some way? How do I give this back in some way? How do I help others in some way? I think that's just such a beautiful and profound um, depiction of of the the process our 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 soul is evolving through and um yes this notion of um learning from from these these soul contracts that entail maybe some some more challenging relationships i mean just to really solidify that point i think it's important that we observe that 
it's usually, if not most often, in some of our most challenging relationships that we we learn and 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 grow the most. Yeah. Um, and just to add further confirmation, I had but pretty much was- always, pretty much unequivocally, our most difficult relationships, and and that doesn't just mean like romance. That's just one kind of relationship, family, even you know bosses or business associates. Like th- those end up being the where the most learning happens the quickest the the people in your lives that are the most challenging relationships these are the ones that as a soul as souls before you came in you planned out pretty probably pretty almost exactly the way your relationship has ended up panning out you planned that out as souls before you came here because there's something that each of you wanted to really move towards a lot of times one soul is in, essentially in the context of a single lifetime, taking one for the team and saying, well, this is your time to evolve. So I'm going to play this role as your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your your wife, your husband, etc., and not really get too deep into my spiritual journey consciously so that you can. And I'm going to play whatever uh, whatever role, you know, energetically prodding you in some way to go in that direction. And then next lifetime, I'll do that. Yeah. What an incredible shift. It makes me wonder how profound of a shift in, in our experience it would have to, to approach these sort of relationships with that, with that perspective and that knowing. I, it, it, it would, yeah, it would be such a game changer. I mean, can you imagine if uh, this stuff was taught in school, you know, <laughs> can you imagine if uh, one day, <laughs> right? Yeah. Can you imagine if, if in the, context of therapy you know outside of the you know the the weird ones like me you know like traditional therapy if this sort of stuff was discussed and people understood that you're not you're not just the ego you're not just this person you think you are you're a soul you're just playing this role temporarily and you plan this out for for a purpose for there's there's a reason for all of this yeah beautiful Okay, so I, I feel like I want to recap just a bit of what we've already discussed and then dive into a a question that well, it was just very I felt very strongly that we were being guided to to take the conversation in the direct, yeah. in this direction. Um so what I'm hearing so far is we we undergo this, our soul undergoes this process of evolving through expanding its light. And if at any point I'm saying anything that feels inaccurate, please jump in. Um and through that evolution of expanding its light field, we're becoming more complex beings. Mm-hmm. Um, that process entails accumulating karma, which, by the way, I, I love the definition of um, the desire to to create balance. Yes, uh, balance. Balance is a key word with karma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the definition that I've uh, I've kind of engaged with is you know the law of karma being the law of cause and effect. And right. And, and most people are there and there, there's an element of truth there in the sense that anything that is created in some way must be resolved. But the uh, meaning like anything that's created that goes against the law of one or the law of love, which is the, the we could say the baseline frequency of creation is, is just love, oneness. Right. But it's not as simple as there's a cause and then the effect 
comes back on you as if it's some sort of force, as if it's the universe doing it. And that's evidenced by just look at the world because a lot of people wonder why these criminals in power, why does it seem like bad things don't happen to them, right? Why does it seem like these bad people that I know are doing bad things, nothing seems to happen to them? First of all, sometimes bad things do happen to them, you know, and, and also we don't know, especially when it comes to politicians and celebrities, what's going on behind the scenes. But it, it the answer to this riddle is it's not, it's twofold. One, it's not always in the context of a single lifetime. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing that says, there's no written law of the earth that says negative karma has to be resolved in, a, in the context of a single lifetime. Very often it's not. Very often it's carried to be resolved later in other lifetimes. And then the other thing is that the, the input doesn't always look like the output, meaning like the experience of, of negative karma, it doesn't mean the exact sort of experience it needs to end up being experienced to resolve that. It, it's about the emotional experience of it. It's about the emotional themes of it. It's about whatever, and this is where, where the idea of the soul desiring to balance is, is about whatever the soul knows is going to be the most effective way to balance out all the contracts involved. It, it, it's this life is theater. It's it, these we're all our own individual plays interacting with all these other plays and whatever play you can create that whatever scene in in a play that you can create that is going to be able to uh, most effectively balance out all those all the karma you'll you'll be in that but it's not an exact science either souls as souls we're doing the best we can we have a lot of help from seven masters and and angels etc but we're still doing the best we can and we can only do the best we can so it's not it's not this cause and effect as a universal force Mm -hmm. rather and if you believe for example this is really like extrapolating to the like whole experience of earth which maybe we can go in later into later but you know if if you believe in the, the presence of negative extraterrestrials you know extraterrestrials that simply want to conquer or remain in power as i do and i believe that they're here they have been for a very long time and they have done so much damage throughout the galaxy well if if the law of cause and if, if karma was about cause and effect well wouldn't they just be like taken out you know wouldn't what it's not it's not that simple it, it it's mm-hmm. a matter of there's all these different games of consciousness going on at once all interplaying with one another and there's both individual souls trying to step up in an ascension ladder and collectives trying to step up in an ascension ladder negative collectives will you know they they can go very high on a ladder but then they'll hit a wall a ceiling because they haven't been able to move into a more neutral place they haven't you know been able to leave the evil spiral or the spiral of conquer whatever you want to call it behind but regardless it's just not as simple as just cause and effect it's it's ultimately up to each individual soul how they want to do that how they want to go about resolving karma and and it's it's a collaboration of soul contracts between other souls 
and ultimately and, and collectives as well the unconscious mind of entire collectives also i believe is you know similarly deciding how they want to resolve their karma ultimately and it's just all on a soul level everyone doing the best they can but ultimately in order to energetically ascend one starts to need to clear the energetic remnants that are we could call it weight we could we could say the karma is like energetic weights in the field whether it's in the field of an individual or a collective and that weight has to be released in order for you to be able to rise right mm -hmm. yeah so what i'm hearing is that it's not as straightforward as they're just being one cause to one one yeah. effect to one cause yeah. there's there seems to be some sort of i mean your perspective that some sort of choice involved in yes. how the soul goes in about how yeah balancing. how when with whom yes I understand. Um, I think I'm ready to to bring in the notion of being a starseed. Um, and this is the direction that just kind of before the conversation, just it was really clear when it dropped in that, yes, this is this is part of at least part of what this conversation is is meant to address. Um, so I think we've done a, a pretty good job of laying the the groundwork, you know, speaking to the the evolution of the soul. Um, yeah, I think I'll just kind of leave it to you. Um, what is a star seed? A star, yeah, thank you. A star seed is okay. There's two types of souls on the planet Earth. There's what I would call star seed, which we'll explain, and there's also what I would call an Earth seed. Another way to go about it, um, and I'll credit my friend Todd Devine for these terms, is an organic conscious. An Earth seed is an organic consciousness, while we could say. Um, it, there's no real like term for star seed. It, it's not non-organic. It's just an organic consciousness means that it, in this context that the soul has this is this planet is the soul's home. The soul grew up here. So for an earth seed or an organic consciousness, you began as the idea is that you began as a single photon of light donated from the planetary consciousness. And you went through an evolutionary process of the microbial kingdom, of the plant kingdom, of the animal kingdom. And all it could be, who knows, hundreds of thousands of incarnations or more, you know. And then when you felt ready energetically, you entered into the human kingdom. And I've had all these sorts, all these different sorts of experiences in the human kingdom as an earth seed. And then you're continuing to evolve up and just like the star seeds you're also heading towards the fourth density or the fifth dimension and you are uh, doing it from a place of having essentially grown up here versus star seeds we're on a, essentially a study abroad where we grew up in another part of the galaxy or in a different galaxy we reach the level of evolution six density or higher if we were going to categorize it where we are a collective and as a collective you'll, you don't lose your individual memories of who you were before you merged with the collective you're at, at a, a place it's a wonderful place to be i would imagine where you can either be from the point of view of the collective or from the individual soul but you have reached such a point and at this point, you're going to be a part of a collective that is 
harmonious is it, life is pleasurable all the time the lower frequencies of fear uh aren't really very easily accessible because the the frequency is too high um in my ascending is one program which is my signature uh, mentorship program it's a group mentorship once a month i trans channel a group of five syrian extraterrestrial beings because i'm a you know part of my starseed heritage and mo the most direct part of it is from the syrian realms and they often talk at length about the experience of life on their planet and how just how blissful and and pleasurable it is and how different it is for them to look in and see what's going on here and all the the sorts of you know day-to-day -day difficulties and struggles of life here as a human so we're at, we're coming from places that are naturally at a very high vibration and as such you know you, you you again you don't really have access to the lower frequencies very easily and you might say okay wouldn't it be interesting wouldn't it be an interesting experience maybe it would actually add to my light add to my evolutionary experience as a soul at this level add to the experience of my collective if i were to essentially cloak myself and go back into a lower dimension or density and play those games so you look around you say oh look at this planet earth they have nuclear wars and it's run by a cartel of criminals and you can die at any time from any sort of disease or anything and wow what a weird place that is i want to go there i want to experience that and so again it this whatever it's like this energetic birth and and I, part of my work is doing these regression sessions called starseed discovery sessions and they're unlike anything out there I, I i lead people through the astral plane to their home planet or place of origin they get to experience like and it feels very real because it is they experience what it's like to be on their home planet where they came from but a lot of times they'll even experience they'll see or they'll feel what that's like to come here and it, it, it looks a little different for everyone but in one way or another you're going to end up through some portal and you're going to end up coming here and you know your first stop is going to be you know instead of the airport it's the astral realm of earth and the astral plane and in the astral plane you acclimate all right here are all the angels and ascended masters to help you acclimate with the earth experience what it's like to be here welcome you know uh whenever you're ready to have your first incarnation you know let us know and let's plan it out and then you start planning out lifetimes and you enter into the cycle of, of karma like we talked about just like any of the organic consciousnesses that are already here just like any of the souls that are already here as a star seed also there there is such thing as soul groups you know because everything ultimately boils down to groups and usually it's groups of 12 i found where souls will feel a certain resonance with the other 11 souls normally it'll be souls that you know from wherever you're coming from in the stars or you've interacted with you've crossed paths with on some other realm outside of earth 
And now that you're here on earth, you're like, all right, let's work together. We know each other already. Let's work together to plan out lifetimes, to have soul contracts, to trade karma back and forth, et cetera. And then ultimately we're going to send out of here together. So the game is as a starseed, you come in here for most starseeds. There's a rare, there are rare exceptions. There's starseeds that come in just for one or two. It's rare. Most starseeds come here for a lot of lifetimes, including myself. And we want to experience the whole game of Earth, all sides of it, run the gamut of experiences. But then ultimately at some point choose, okay, now it's time to ascend out of here. As you ascend out of here, Todd, my friend Todd calls it the barrier membrane starts to dissolve. This um, this shield that, you know, we could say when we come in, you know, generally we're like uh, under amnesia, so to speak, right? We don't remember our other lifetimes. We don't remember, you know, who we were as a soul. But now like myself and you and many of us are remembering very easily nowadays, right? Who we were, as, who we are as a soul, what it was like in other lifetimes, right? But most of us don't. And as we're ascending, as we're we're starting to step up in frequency as starseeds, these barriers are dissolving and we're very naturally remembering all sorts of wisdom and skills and ways of being that we already knew. You know, a lot of us are developing trans channeling or, or, or light language channeling or, or getting visited in dream space or whatever. But those are all signs of like, you know, we've entered into that ascension stage. And ultimately, there's generally in a soul group, there's going to be one leader of the group. There's going to be one soul. And for you know, a lot of people watching, it might be you, one leader of the group that is going to start to evolve first. And then that'll allow the space for the other souls in the group to start to come along. Ultimately, the game is to ascend out of the third density or the third dimension into a fourth density experience here on earth some of us will choose to remain in that fourth density experience and experience it and who knows we could be here as long as we want experience the new earth as as that starts to come about in in the physical and some of us will decide okay that was fun go back to the pleiades or go back to the syrian realms or arcturian realms or whatever I've heard why it is that a soul may may choose to to come here in contribution to um, its own evolution and the evolution of the collective that it may be coming from. Um, I'd love to hear you speak to how or why the soul may be coming to contribute to the earth. Okay, yeah, that's I actually omitted that aspect. You're right. Maybe I didn't, but I don't think I went deep, deep enough into it. I said that, okay, yes, part of the reason why we come here is because it looks very interesting. Yes, that's part of it. But the other aspect is, is that we're all one. And in this galaxy, for example, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> a lot of problems, okay? There's a lot of problems with negative extraterrestrials causing problems in this galaxy. And there's a lot of planets that are at a low frequency low density like earth earth potentially may be one of the lowest and we we need to as a galaxy resolve this so as beings from higher realms 
we're volunteering as well. It's it's not just about the it being an interesting experience. I'm glad you brought that up. It's also about volunteering because we want to help contribute and fix the problems. Because as we evolve, as we dive in, temporarily forget who we are, enter into this reincarnation process, but eventually then in the physical remember, well, now you become me or you become you. And now you're in the position of actually on a very you know, 3D real level, spreading that out to others and, and help bring others along. And it takes not, you know, myself alone, I can't do much. You alone can't do much, but hundreds of millions of us can do a lot. And that's what's happening. But again, we're at the very early stages. So yes, we come here ultimately because we want to help this planet evolve as a planet. What is this planet and our collective capable of evolving into? Oh, what a great question. Oh, wow. Wow. I love that. No one's ever asked me that uh, directly. I believe that, and what I've seen is that this planet is capable of evolving into one where we're able to balance uh, the benevolent use of technology and even AI with the needs of the natural world and to be able to um to respect both is to be able to uh, embrace technologies for energy for example that are able to uh no longer take anything from the earth you know i i always joke about how like if you if you're an extraterrestrial looking in on the earth and you're seeing us driving around in like 1994 Nissan Altimas with like a muffler hanging out, going to a, a gas station, <laughs> pumping in toxic gasoline that has been pillaged from the earth on the backs of the suffering of workers being paid not enough. You know, it's it's insane, right? Yeah. And the what's possible. And of course, there is this whole element of this sort of stuff being suppressed by evil beings. But what's possible is, yes, us being able to exist with unlimited energy. And what the amazing thing, too, that I see is, and, and, and seeing this from kind of having little glimpses into other realms, like the Syrian realms I come from, you know, when we're energetically at points where we're no longer a victim to really anything or anyone, we fully stepped into our power is we're essentially our own energy generators ultimately. And as a collective, it, it at a certain point, it's, it's not necessarily so much about the technology that was created by one person or a group of people. It's more as we're, we're our own power generators and whatever crystal, whatever giant crystals or whatever, you know, crystal relay stations or whatever, or in your home, there's crystals that are like relaying energy to light up your lights or your holographic, you know, screen if you want to watch something or or whatever it is, you know, or your your little mini spaceship or hovercraft. Like that's all a product of everyone in the collective having achieved higher uh, frequencies themselves. But I see a planet where there are still cities, but the cities are immaculate and and the buildings are are crystal 
uh, instead of concrete. And I see, you know, spaceships flying everywhere. And I also see so many communities out on the land, living amongst the land where they are, you know, raising uh, each other's children as community, as the Pleiadians do, and where there's instant free travel through teleportation throughout the planet. And there's also very easy, easy travel on and off the planet because you everyone, maybe not everyone, but probably communities will each have like ships that can be rented or whatever. And there's no more, speaking of renting, there's no more currency anymore because we recognize that we're all valuable and worthy enough to just be able to live in a world where we all have enough. This is natural in all of these ascended realms. I talk about the Pleiadians, Arcturians, Syrians, so on and so forth. And again, like when I channel the Syrians, they kind of chuckle, but also they, they, they can empath empathetically, you know, understand too. But the, that just, it is kind of silly that we even have money or currency. It, everything we do on this planet is really silly from the perspective of the higher beings because they've evolved so much past that to a place where there is really no such thing as lack. Everyone is taken care of. There's no such thing as crime. There's no such thing as people hurting one another because you are all together. You are all linked. You are, are, are all family. And why would you ever want to hurt family? So mm -hmm. that's what I see as possible. And again, to go back to like earlier talking about, you know, I do see some people thinking the process is going to be more rushed than is realistic. And, you know, right now, today, like a third of the planet is starving, like literally a third of the planet doesn't have enough food or clean water or basic medical care. A third of the planet. It's insane, right? And there's a, 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 a horrible war going on right now where people are dying every day in this war that has no end in sight. That's the reality. That's the hard reality, the harsh reality of the world is, as it is right now. It's a very messed up world. But does that mean it's like it's all an illusion and the ascension is not actually happening? No, it just means that it's happening but a little more slowly than maybe we would like. And if we want to look for evidence of it happening in the outside world, we have to look for more subtle clues. For example, the fact that like spirituality and non-religious spirituality because of the internet and because of social media has recently become very ubiquitous, very, very much, uh, uh, accepted in the zeitgeist of our current times, right? Whereas 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, you know, you and I, I think are a similar age group. Like if you were someone that did yoga, you were kind of weird, right? Now yoga is like on every Citibank and Chase bank commercial, right? It's a, a lady doing yoga, you know? And it's just that uh, meditation, you know, you see, LeBron James, uh, you know, doing ads for a meditation app during the NBA finals. And uh, it just has become so mainstream. That's a sign. That's a real sign of this ascension process happening. It's just, it's a slow trickle. It's a slow trickle. And that's okay. That's how it's meant to be. It's going to take a while for 
all of the pain and suffering in, in the outside world to, to resolve because there's such a, a weight of, of, of the negative beings that are in charge of this planet and yeah. it's going to take a while. Well, I'm so glad that you've brought our eyes to the the many pieces of evidence there are for a evolving consciousness. What, I, can I ask you a question? What are what are some other pieces of evidence that you see? Yeah, I think it's a beautiful um, thing to observe. I've and I've been witnessing this, but you're right. Um, it's it's all the the knowledge and um, just wisdom that's being made to be to be mainstream. Um, I remember literally like probably about 10 years ago, um, when I was first picking up meditation, I told my girlfriend, she remembers it clearly that, you know, I think within the next 10 years or so meditation will be mainstream and people wow. will recognize just, just as they recognize going to the gym as being yeah. this beneficial, healthy thing. Yeah. Meditation will be for the mind. What this, uh, these were my words. Meditation will become for the mind. What the gym is for, for the body. And it, everyone does see the benefits now, right? There's, there's yeah. no hiding it, right? Right, um, right. So, I mean, we may not be at the point where everyone's consistently practicing it, but it's at least in the awareness that, you know, this is something that's good for you. Um, Meditation is such a wonderful thing. And, and I love that, you know, you bring it up and um, it's always something that I recommend for people. And it's something that I, when I can carve it at the time, I try to make it as much a part of my life as I can. And then also there's, there's just a thing to even doing a walking meditation, you know, mm. or an observational meditation, just like one of my favorite things is just sit in my garden and just take a couple minutes and just observe, just observe the birds and the squirrels and the chipmunks and the butterflies and just, mm -hmm. you know, be with nature. So there's many ways to go about it, but regardless, it's like when you're in that state, whether it's just you know whether it's a, a breathing meditation or or yoga or tai chi or or sitting in your garden like you feel this sense of connection with what's around you right mm. you feel connected here and you feel here and that's the energy that we need on this planet in order to push the ascension process forward because when you feel that sense of connection it, feel, it would feel very painful to take unnecessarily from another or to harm another or to harm the planet, right? And people will stop hurting each other when they feel connected to each other. And, you know, social media is funny because in one way it connects us more and on the other side, it connects us less, right? Because there's less in-person connection but regardless it is that connection with groups and with collectives and that's what we need and ju now, just with with what's with nature with with god with oneness with sort whatever you want to call it just connection yeah. in general yeah and i really appreciate how you kind of pointed to mindfulness being being the the foundation for that yeah, it's uh, I, I that's an interesting way to to think about. It. Well, yeah, because if you're truly aware of like the true reality, which is 
and I know it's a funny way to like say, well, what's true reality? Because I was just saying, oh, you know, the true reality is like there's a war going on. Yeah. But then there's this other way to look at things that true reality is just, you know, I am one with my crystal here. I'm one with all my plants around here. I'm one with you. I'm one with, with everyone watching this. You know, I'm, I'm one with all the trees and the clouds and everything I see outside. And I, to me, that aspect of like awareness, mindfulness, again, it's like, if you are the tree, if you are your neighbor, mm -hmm. you don't want to hurt anyone. And if everyone starts to feel that, like the, the whole saying, I believe is very true. Like if everyone were to just stop and meditate on the planet for like five minutes, all wars would end. It, it is probably true. It would be hard to pick up your arms in, in the Ukraine or Russia, you know, if after the whole world meditated together and you know in, in peace and, and unity and connection so I, I love that you are so deep into meditation and have made that such a big part of your contribution here because it's so important thank you yeah and if it doesn't go without saying I, I totally agree um I'm gonna throw out one more fun piece of evidence uh because it kind of came up here I um I find it amusing that my mainstream mall just around the street has three crystal stores now. <laughs> the Eaton Center? <laughs> no, it's actually Von Mills, but oh, okay. not too far from the Eaton Center. <laughs> have you been to Toronto, by the way? I have, yeah, many times, yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a few in there as well. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I, it is, uh, you know, again, it's like when we were kids, it was a weird thing that, you know, like, like oh look at those weirdos in there and it's just so much more mainstream now people are so much more into crystals and meditation and yoga and tai chi and like new agey books and even psychics like myself you know psychics used to be much more taboo Freaky. now you know it's much more accepted now yeah yeah the one other one that just uh that invoked was reiki i think is oh reiki one. yes absolutely yeah 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 people are at least opening their minds up to Reiki's wonderful. I, that's was one of the things that I started with over a decade ago is Reiki. And, uh, you know, my Reiki mastership journey was huge in my evolution. And I always recommend to people that are, you know, desiring to step into their energy healing potential is starting with Reiki is a great idea. There's such a legacy to it. There's mm -hmm. such a history to it. And a lot of people believe that Reiki goes much farther back than Japan, that Reiki, you know, you know, Usui, that it, I'm talking about Usui Reiki, that it goes back really to ancient Egypt or before or even from off planet. And uh, I certainly believe, certainly believe that whatever the case may be, it definitely goes back much further than the 1800s. Yeah. Well, the main message here, I think, being revolving and if you if you take the the opportunity to to observe we would surely witness that yeah yeah, yeah. matthew i have uh one last super fun thing planned yeah. for for us to to wrap things up on to just again bring some closure to what's been such a uh a powerful conversation um i do want to make sure that you you do still have the the time to to fit this in sure yeah awesome my friend 
I am going to welcome you to the ascending round, which are a series of quick fire questions. Um, yeah, okay. just to, to extract some practical advice. What surprise though, if I win? <laughs> Do I and, and already the, you, you're already the winner. <laughs> can you can you do it in one of those big checks? Because I would love to have one of those. <laughs> I've never had one. Well, um, I will give you the opportunity to present all that you have to offer to the world. Um, because I know that there's more than just what we've I, I am the big check. <laughs> there you go. Like I said, you're already the winner. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, do it. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Question number one, my friend, is what one book have you read that comes closest to what you'd consider a must read? Oh, um, I have to say, um, uh, like I mentioned before, Expansion for Ascending Consciousness by uh, my my friend Todd Devine. And he wasn't my friend before I read his book. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I his book was a huge um, for, for people like myself. And, and I perceive you as well that are super into the understanding side of things like you believe everything is knowable or almost everything and you and you want to understand and you want to be able to figure it out in your mind and and have labels and categories for things it's it's great hmm. which makes me wonder how that desire may or may not be serving such an individual i think that for um i think it, it depends i think for people that are super into that aspect of things that it's great and that's a necessary contribution the the sign and and the, here's how i know that here's how i know this is because when um for example i lead people on journeys to like the arcturian realms the arcturians that are at a very high frequency are extremely scientific and very mm -hmm. cerebral and they're very they're as close as you you know we can say on earth uh, my closest comparison is like Virgos, and I'm a Virgo moon. Uh, so Virgo, sun, moon, or, or rising people. And it they love explaining everything, and they love uh, understanding and, and, and scientific study and, uh, and just dissecting things scientifically. There's nothing low frequency about that at all. In fact... No much of the extraterrestrial races in our galaxy are very much geared towards science in everything they do. Oh. So that is absolutely a divine aspect of this whole process. It's just that not everyone is drawn to that as much, or not everyone is drawn to teaching that as much. Some people are, are more here to just teach being. And, and that's just as important. You know, it's hard to say what's more important or more like, you know, there is no, it's, it's all part of it. But that wisdom aspect, that's been a huge, as you can probably tell from listening to me for the last hour, that's that's pretty much, you know, the, probably the bulk of what I'm here to teach is is wisdom, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for people that are interested in that sort of right. side of spirituality, that book, yeah. No. Okay, great. Um, next question is, what one new practice, perspective, or lesson have you integrated or have you been integrating in these past six months that has been having the greatest impact on you and your experience? Past six months. For me, I would say 
becoming more at, at least what my intention has been and what at times i've been perceived perceiving that i've been doing better at at a at a point in my life before i got see because just so you you guys kind of get where i'm at in my journey i work my my butt off i work all the time pretty much and i'm on this really intense journey of leaving of creating as big of an impact as i can and and i'm really as best i can trying to step that up as quickly as i can so for me my work which is this like doing this podcast is a part of my work my work is the majority of my life at other times in my spiritual journey i i had the space where i was much more invested into things like exploring plant medicine or exploring travel or exploring you know meditation etc so over the last six months my intention and what i've started to work on better is reintegrating that aspect of presence and that aspect of whatever forms meditation can take for me uh and and just allowing that presence to emerge more throughout still being very mm. intense and very hardworking. Mm. So as I mentioned, things like just sitting in my garden for a few minutes, taking a break and doing an observational meditation, something like that. Right. Yeah. So would you, would you, let's say, summarize that with the the perspective being or the the practice being making um making presence a, a greater value or a higher priority while still integrating yes. that into your yeah 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 you said it perfectly yeah thank powerful. you powerful okay next question is what is one quote mantra or affirmation that has been transformative for you recently and it's so funny because before you started speaking the question it came to mind because i almost was thinking of it as an addendum to the previous question but i am not the mind i am not the mind the mind is a tool that over the past month or two especially has become a, a big mantra of mine i i have it written you know on a, on a, a, a index card and have it on my fridge and i am not the mind the mind is a tool I'm actually going to ask you to repeat it one more time. And as you do, I'm going to invite all that are tuning into this transmission to, to align with this, this vibration of this mantra. I am not the mind. The mind is a tool. So during this podcast, I'm accessing the mind. I'm giving you all this wisdom and knowledge that's stored up here, right? But I am consciousness i'm awareness i am i'm here and this is just a tool that i access throughout mm -hmm. the day right mm -hmm. i access the knowledge i access the wisdom i access the thinking to solve problems but if i spend too much time thinking problems don't actually get solved do they you just end up just thinking right mm -hmm. so i i am awareness i am presence i'm consciousness i am here and this is a tool. Yeah. What I love about what that quote does is how it doesn't um, 
demonize the mind, which I think some traditions. Oh, not at all. Yeah. The mind is wonderful. Yeah. If you recognize and consciously wield its power as a tool. The mind, I would say, and yes, I agree, but I would also say just from another perspective, the mind is wonderful, period. The mind is (laughs) an incredible thing. Yeah, yeah. It is. And can we use, can we learn to use it more effectively? Absolutely. And can we learn to use it in a way where we're not burdened by some of its tendencies to go too much into worry or obsessiveness about things that are unnecessary? Absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. I'm glad you added that. Just got a few more left here for you, Matthew. The next one is, what does it mean to ascend? Well, we talked a lot about that today, but to kind of distill it down into a, you know, a shorter thing that people can kind of take with them, to ascend means to elevate it means to elevate vibrationally. It means to elevate where you're no longer carrying as much weight, energetic weight with you, right? It's as if you're starting to leave baggage behind. And how do you know, you know, what is the experience of that? There's more of an experience of lightness in general. There's more of an experience of feeling as if you are connected and here for a conscious purpose and you you get a very strong sense of where you're you're going it doesn't mean you have to know what your career is it doesn't mean you have to know where your marriage is going it doesn't mean you have to know whether you're going to move to texas or not it it doesn't mean the logistics, the furniture. It doesn't mean you have to know where the furniture of your life needs to go. But the more when you start to get that sense of being that soul or being consciousness or whatever you want to call it, you're something deeper than maybe at one time just thinking you were the person. And you start to feel that you are going in a direction of healing, of evolution, et cetera. Those are signs of, of being on the ascension process. But ultimately, I would say the easiest way to think about it is you're elevating in frequency over time. I don't mean in the moment. I don't mean because throughout the context of a day, we're going to oscillate in frequency naturally. You know, something's going to happen. Something happens. You get an email or whatever. You're, you know, lowers your your frequency temporarily, your, your emotional frequency, at least. What I mean is the macro. I mean, is can you look today and see in what ways you're more refined, more spiritually mature, more energetically lighter, more um, feeling as if you're going somewhere than before, than a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. How does one ascend? One ascends naturally through just um, the, the earth game itself, but one um, needs to resolve one's negative karma that is left over. And one needs to resolve, you know, things in soul contracts that are important to resolve and to work through. And one needs to uh, create their energetic contribution that they had planned. And uh, one needs to, a lot of times after that, it's uh, 
it's more of a openness of like okay well i've done this now what do i want to do do i want to stay here and just be and teach more or do i want to go back to the pleiades or wherever i came from so it 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 happens if you go to a pool or uh a swimming area in, in the lake or whatever and you, you you go in the water and you push a buoy you know and you take a buoy with your hand and you push it down under the water as soon as you let your hand go the buoy naturally rises back up to the surface so the ascension as star seeds is we have intentionally we could almost say artificially push ourselves down into a lower dimension density frequency etc we push the buoy under the surface of the water and we're naturally going to rise up out of it and, and reascend. It naturally happens, but it's just a matter of how, in what body it happens, when, how long it takes, et cetera. That's where some of the free will factors come into play. But yeah. one piece of advice to leave people with is grounding. The ascension, the upper chakras open on their own. And what's important is to heal the blockages in the lower three chakras and to be in the heart chakra as much as possible. The lower chakras, when they're when they are carrying stuff that is yet unresolved, that's going to manifest all of the difficult situations in your life that we could call obstacles or challenges or whatever. And the more you work with your lower chakras and just being grounded. Mm-hmm. that the essential the upper chakras and the the spiritual skills and the psychic skills and all that and the frequency elevation happens actually on its own matthew i have one last finale question for you um but before i ask this one because this one just tends to be such a, a perfect way to to bring everything to a it closed the climax, if you will. Um, I'd love for you to to first take an opportunity to to share with us anywhere that. Well, first, if someone wanted to to get connected with you, um, where would they do that? And then, if there's anything else that you'd like to to invite our listeners into, please do. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I appreciate the opportunity. So you can find me on youareadivinehuman.org. All spelled out. Youareadivinehuman.org. Um, is there going to be a link in the description box too? Yeah, for, yeah. yeah. So perfect. all the links will be there. Um, perfect. So you can just- and, and my my YouTube channel as well uh, is Matthew John Spiritual Teacher, and I also uh, am the resident astrologer for the Higher Self YouTube channel as well. I put out a podcast for the New and Full Moon every single one. I haven't missed one in many years, so um, you can check that out as well. What I am really excited about coming up in August here is I have my Ascending as One program. And this is my signature group Ascension Mentorship Program. We meet on Sundays, usually right at five o'clock Eastern time. There are three hour calls. You don't have to join the whole call, but a lot of people are like, yeah, I'll join for an hour or two. And they end up staying for the whole three hours or more. So I go over the specific planetary, because astrology is a huge part of my work. I go over the specific uh, planetary configurations for the week to come. I give you downloadable notes so you know, okay, Monday is this and Thursday is this. So you know how to plan your week around the astrology. And then we go into uh, the topic for the week. I always present some sort of healing topic. So in August, we've got the real law of attraction, healing your masculine father wounds, crafting your own EFT, emotional freedom technique sequences, and intro to numerology. And also on the VIP, 
only call each month, I do the Syrian trans-channeling session, which is usually pretty long, sometimes 20, 30, 40 minutes uh, of, of the Syrians coming through and they'll answer questions. And then also at the end of each call, I make sure we do some tapping because EFT tapping has been a big part of uh, my healing and my evolution and I love teaching it. And then also answer questions at the end and do readings. There's a, a, a tier two where you get three group calls uh, in, in the month. And then there's a VIP where you get all four group calls, uh, including the Syrian channeling call. And you get uh, a one-on-one -on -one private session with me. And because it's a monthly program, you can get in with me right away. So if you're watching this and you want to have a private reading with me, you can ask me anything you want to in, in the 20 minutes. And I work very quickly. You can ask me about your purpose, your soul contracts. I can look at your natal chart uh, if you're into astrology. Uh, you can ask me about your future. You can ask me, you know, for advice on uh, important decisions, whatever. You want to know where you're from in the stars. Whatever it is, you can ask me. Uh, so what you should do is go to my website, go to my courses, events, and retreats page, and go ahead and sign up for a setting as one. And you, you get the group calls. And if you do v VIP, as I said, you also get that private session uh, with me. Amazing. Thank you for that, that invitation. And as, uh, as we mentioned, all the, the links to, to that in your website will, will be in the, uh, the description for, for anyone that's interested. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Here it is. Um, you're ready for the, the final and farewell transmission. The grand final. There it is. <laughs> Matthew, you just realized the power to telepathically communicate to all of humanity what do you say oh um first of all i think uh we're already starting to become telepathic but to become telepathic to everyone yeah i don't think we're there yet um what would i say i'd say a lot but if i had to pick one thing let's see i would just say i, I love you and thank you <laughs> beautiful i think i just heard them saying i love you too my brother thank you so much for for the thank time you together, for for the wisdom that you've shared and um yeah for for just everything that you're you're doing in the world as i mentioned at the beginning of the conversation it's quite clear that you are committed to your mission and supporting others on the path of theirs um so thank you for being a leader in this world and thank you. Uh, you're doing wonderful work yourself, and uh, you do a really great job with this podcast, and you're an excellent interviewer, and your questions are really wonderful. Uh, the, the best interviewers and the best hosts of shows ask the best questions. It's definitely been one of my favorite experiences of being on a show because you ask really great questions. So thank you. That means so much there so thank you for for sharing that as well yeah thank you for joining us on awaken matthew thank you senders that is going to be it for my conversation with matthew john i trust that it was able to support you into a deeper sense of remembrance of who you are and why you are here you're encouraged to explore any parts of this conversation that invoked in you a sense of resonance because in doing so you might just find some deeper answers to questions like where you've come from and why you chose to be here because you are a multi-dimensional being who has lived 
many lifetimes, some perhaps in distant star systems, and exploring this, expanding your awareness of the totality of who and what you really are, can invoke in you this sense of greater purpose and empowerment in this one. So again, Ascenders, I beckon you to continue in this self-exploration of who you are and why you are here. Now, before you go, Ascenders, if you've enjoyed this episode and you've benefited from it, don't forget to comment, like, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this from. I'd love for you to share your thoughts on what you thought about the episode and what it brought up for you. And this also really helps with growing the show and getting out to more people to better assist our collective in our ascension process. I appreciate you for your support, for your choice to be here on this planet with us at this time, in this moment of our ascension. And until next time, keep ascending.